Well, hello and welcome to Book Talk. I just got off the lifeboat. I thought sports lounge people were going to sink me over, but I was rescued by the boat. The, the only show I know can lose all their listeners in one show. That's pretty good. Huh? Anyway, here we are. We're Brighter things are ahead, and it's time for Nolan and Jenny with Book Talk. So, Jenny, you take it and then hand it over to Nolan. We're back in Indiana where it's cold. It is cold, but anyway, that's a good excuse to cool up by the fire and read a good book. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Book Talk. Glad to see so many people here today, and hopefully you all enjoyed the buddy read and have lots of things to say about it and take it away Nolan. hey everyone good to have you here thanks for joining us i heard on the way in that uh, you were an award-winning host uh, jennifer that's that's impressive i i had no idea that's great that's uh, i didn't know that either well that yeah that me. keeps me on my toes <laughs> so whatever it is the award was good job um <laughs> it's good to be here we've got a bunch of folks in and we're going to talk about the buddy read that we chose two weeks ago and i'm going to let the listeners go first on this i do have some questions i will ask if the discussion sort of yeah it gets a little ho-hummy there <laughs> somewhere in the in the process if that's okay um but i think the listeners should go first we by way of refreshing memory were discussing or we were reading the uh the book lessons in chemistry by bonnie garmus g-a-r-m-u-s if you haven't read it, we're, we'd still love to have you stay here and 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 take a listen. Um, it'll be it'll be worth your time if you decide to go forth from here and read it. That'll be still okay. Uh, this was a relatively short book as they go, um, and it wasn't massively hard to follow. It wasn't really dense or packed with all kinds of stuff that you had to stop and remember. Oh, what was that date? What was that name? Yeah. So there, there wasn't a whole lot of that in here. Uh, it was just entertainment. And uh, uh, what's your pleasure? Should we let the let the listeners just talk to us first? Yeah, or do we, we can wanna... do that. Yeah, let's, let's just let the listeners do some unstructured uh, it's a stream of conscience. Right, right now, we have no hands from the listeners. All right. Well, they don't, maybe they don't it's want a, to talk about it. It's like unstructured, that. all right. <laughs> maybe they didn't like it. Just raise uh, your hand, Alt-Y. Or... Yeah, you can Alt-Y. Uh... Okay, now we do have uh, 623 is the, is the area code with the hand it's raised. Joni. So we'll go to that. Joni. Yeah, please. Yeah. Joni, I'm going to remember you one of these weeks. That's okay. Well, here I am still with COVID going into the third week. Good grief. But anyway. Well, um, our prayers. That's scary stuff. Well, thank you very much. Mom. Go ahead. Uh, I read this quite a while ago. I read it for a book club. And when I first started it, I really didn't like it. There was a lot of chemical stuff. I wasn't interested. And a couple of my friends said, oh, come on, you got to read it. You got to read it. Well, I continued to read it. And it turned out to be so good. And you have to suspend some belief as to the little dog and its ability to just learn everything. But I loved it. Uh, and the child, uh, it was really, really a good read. And I recommend it to people. You have to uh, realize that in the beginning, it might be a little bit much for you. But just keep on keeping on. And um, I really did love this book. So thank you. 
Okay. Glad Randy, Randy, you're next, and then Alan, you're up next. So, Randy, if you want to unmute, we can hear you. Yeah, Randy, shout and go right ahead. Okay, I had to find it. You did. There you it. go. Good you job. got it. Okay. Um, I love this book. I literally, because I had to stop and read another book that was going to go away on Libby, I literally just finished this book within the last half hour. And it was so good. And I love the ending. And it was, the dog made me laugh. Um, the little girl was, she was different. <laughs> she was funny in a way. Um, but she, it was interesting to see how her, her mother obviously didn't raise her the way she would raise a child normally reading her all the scientific books and everything. So she, she had to struggle. The little girl really didn't fit in. And so I felt bad for her in that sense, but that kindergarten teacher, oh, I wanted to smack her. She was definitely not a good teacher, not a typical kindergarten teacher. That's for sure. She wasn't mine. <laughs> so, but yeah, I love this book. Thank you. Excellent. So thanks. Stay with us. We'll have some, we'll do some more discussion down here. Now, yeah, now we have Alan. Alan, you're up. Yeah, uh, I, I love this book too. Uh, I loved it so much I read it again. I, I probably read it for the same book groups that uh, Johnny read it for, you know, a few months ago. But uh, Nolan, it, it, this was my favorite book for DB Reviews uh, competition for 2022 because uh, right. I, I mean, th th those that know me, I love strong women characters and stuff. And Elizabeth Zott just kicked butt. I mean, uh, you know, she, she was just. Uh, I mean, I, I, I know the, the late 50s and early 60s, I, I mean, w women have had to bear the brunt of men for a long time, and it was really bad back then. And I like this woman because she stood up for herself and, and, and didn't take any foolishness from people. And uh, uh, I mean, and, and I love dogs. Who, and who, who could not love 630? I mean, he, he was just a great character. Uh, uh, I, I, I did have a couple of uh, complaints. Uh, uh, m these, these are minor, but I mean, in this day and age, when via YouTube, you can find out anything, I'm ticked off that they didn't research that Jack LaLanne's name is Jack LaLanne, not Jack LaLanne. I don't care how it's spelled, but uh, uh, I mean, I used to listen to Jack LaLanne back in the day. Uh, doing that exercise program. So uh, th th uh, th they messed up with that in the narration. And the other thing was, I I'm sorry, but reverse mortgages did not exist in the late 1950s. I mean, that's that that's something that's only come along in the, in the last few years. So uh, when when Elizabeth, when it made a, a, one of the lines mentioned that Elizabeth had to get a reverse mortgage on her house, I thought, uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, it, 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 I, I, you know, I, I love the dog. A couple of things that I thought were really funny was when uh, right after uh, Madeline had been born and, uh, and, and somebody was at the house. I can't remember who it was. And they said, is it a he or a she? And 630 thought, a banshee. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and, and, and then uh, uh, and there was a point where, where Elizabeth was, was playing outside and somebody said, why don't you make some mud pies? And she took a stick and was writing, you know, 3.1415, you know, you know the, the number pi in the dirt. And I thought, yeah, that, that's that's just clever. And uh, I, I, it, it had a lot of clever stuff. 
and, and all, all the bad guys kind of got what they deserve. And uh, I, I just thought it was a great read. So, so thanks for letting me share my comments. I appreciate it. We have a 407 area code with a red yep. hand. Surely, I betcha. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, you found me. Yes, it's me. I, I'm just wondering why you went back to that cold, Bill. I'm but anyway. You know, I read this book a few months ago, so I, I don't remember every detail. I just didn't exactly want to read it again, but I thought it was a clever book. At first, I wasn't sure that I, I was going to really care for it. And obviously, I could have done without some of the chemistry. That's a little out of my league. But boy, there was some clever stuff in there. I just love that dog. I mean, I'm not a dog person, but if I could have a dog like that, I'd go get me one. <laughs> that would be, you know, that smart and could talk to me and... um you know, all that kind of stuff. That was a pretty sharp animal. And I got such a kick out of it because, um, you know, when he uh, found that dog and everything, and I think she asked, you know, what the dog's name was. And I'm sure he must have thought she asked him what time it was because she was pretty far away. And, you know, as, as soon as the, you know, she got the answer 630, I thought, oh, no, I have a funny feeling. I know where this is going. <laughs> and it was just so funny that they, you know, ended up using that name and everything. I felt so bad for her, you know, when she uh, when she lost her, her husband and everything. That was just really, really sad. And, um, of course, you know, like I said, there were a lot of clever parts in it. There were really some sad parts, too. And, and uh, boy, you know. Uh, for the for the fifties and what happened, uh, you know, during that point, as far as what kind of opportunities women had or didn't have, you know, I suppose this gave me a little bit more of a realization of some of the things that might have happened back then. But uh, I thought the author, uh, you know, was very clever and uh, did a pretty good job with it. So thank you very much. It's just kind of fun to um, hear people talk about it again. And I was probably on that same book club that Alan and Joni were on the first time. So. Again, thank you very much, um, Jenny and Nolan and all of you for putting this on. And uh, you guys are good, uh, Jenny and Nolan. Go ahead. We have no more hands right now. Jenny, didn't you have some strong opinions on the book? Well, I sort of, I sort of changed my mind throughout the book. At first, honestly, I really, at first, I didn't like any of the characters, I thought, because I thought she was too over the top and too unrealistic in her expectations even for and i and i wondered where her common sense was like because she did so many things because she was so self-centered about it and i guess you know once 6 30 came along the book got a lot better for me and i and i sort of got into it more but i i don't know i just i didn't have the feelings that everybody else seems to have where they really, really liked it and they really, really thought it was funny because I didn't I didn't see that. There were a few moments when I kind of chuckled, but I, I guess I really, there were none of these characters that I really cheered for that much. I felt sorry for them and I thought, lady, why don't you have any common sense? Why don't you, it's good that you want to empower everybody, but why don't you think about What's going to happen later on instead of just what you want now? You know, it amazes me that you and I, and we, we will both bear one another's witness on this. You and I have not spoken about this book once in the two weeks. So we, we've had no contact with regard to the book. And yet you absolutely mirrored my experiences with it to almost the letter. Mine are a little stronger than yours. I, 
I'm sorry to say this. Well, no, I'm not, because it's it's an opinion I've come by fairly and with with thought. I frankly detested the book. I just hated the whole thing. <laughs> there, let me try to explain so that I don't come across here as a shrill, negative individual. Heaven knows I get that reputation, I guess, enough in a lot of things. I thought that her look for first of all, I realized that workplace problems for women continue to exist. They they don't go away, sadly enough, horrifically enough. And yet I thought her brand of feminism was just absolutely screechy and shrill and over the top. It reminded me of a time when I was on water skis as a kid and I slipped and fell in the water and didn't have the good sense to let go of the stupid rope. <laughs> and I just felt that I was being pulled farther and farther down into the morass that was her screed, her constant screamy, screechy shrillness. And I just, I found myself almost physically flailing my arms and legs at times as I read this, not quite, but almost because I just so wanted to regain some balance, a little bit of stasis somewhere. And um, I, I will concede that the dog was cute and funny in a couple of spots. And the little girl, um, Madeline, was certainly unorthodox in the way she felt about things. The other thing that really turned me off about this book, and it's something where I guess I need to sit down and, and do some personal work uh, because it may be unbalanced. I think this book portrayed people of faith in the worst possible light you can imagine. And folks, without meaning to, to besmirch anybody, I have to tell you that I'm really growing tired of books that find the most aberrant, deviant, sick, perverted people and cast them as people of faith and uh, then do this really clever, cute, sophisticated thing to uh, make them seem just as horrific and awful as possible. I thought the way organized religion was treated by this author was absolutely unconscionable. And I think it's time that while we don't engage in polemics or anger, that people of faith need to quietly stand up and say, no, done with this. We used to put on a diffident smile and curl inside ourselves and say, well, maybe we had this coming, but it's time for people of faith to simply stand up and say, not going to read anymore, done with this kind of, of attitude toward who I am and what I believe. I understand that these are, that, that those who are believers are flawed and broken and imperfect. And in many cases, they probably deserve the nasty reputation they get in a lot of books like this one, including this. But on the other hand, these same broken, flawed people really strive to do good in the world. And when, if you strip them completely away and uh, eliminate them somehow, there's no one else who will step up and do the kind of good that, that men and women of faith are, are accomplishing on a quiet, regular basis. And I really think it's time we push back on things like this and at least say, no more, not going to read this kind of stuff. I'm done. So that's my <laughs> four cents plus inflation, I guess. I would love to have people help me understand where I missed the boat, though. That would be really helpful to me. I know a lot of the orphanages and things like that that are run by nuns and things get, I know my aunt lived in one, and she said they, they really were mean people. I get um, it. Surely not all of them, but I, I mean, they it. were very strict. And I get it. When I was a kid, my church had in what they called the Indian Exchange Program, and we would they would bring these little Navajo kids in and, and put them in the homes of, of Caucasian families during the winter. And at the time, we thought that we were 
doing someone a favor and giving them a place to live and get a, a, a go to a decent, a, a good school. Turns out those guys hated that program or the vast majority of them. And we were out of line and out of, uh, out of place in those years for, but we weren't in it to do anyone harm or to deliberately destroy anyone's life. Uh, it just seemed the most natural thing in the world. Yes, it's fall. Let's open the, our homes to these young people. They're going to be in here until May. I don't know. I, you're right. I think you're right. I think that a lot of stuff that went on is unconscionable and, and wrong. But I'm not entirely convinced that people deliberately set out to do terrible things. Well, you're probably right. Unfortunately, people remember, and maybe it's right or wrong, Nolan, but maybe their interaction with a church or something like that, you know, may make. I'm not defending an author or somebody like that, but I remember going to a church one time. And unfortunately, you don't always remember the good things. You remember the bad things that stand out to you. But they would publish a list of people who tithed and who did not and oh, made a God. point oh, to, to do those types of things. Or oh. when you went to a church and you saw more of the so-called Christians or whoever in the bar or whatever the case may be and then talking one day way on Sunday and then doing another way another part of the week and sometimes those things are hard to overcome though I'm not defending an author because there are a lot of good people there's a bumper sticker out there that simply reads jesus save us or jesus save me and in smaller print it reads from your followers but, <laughs> you know but i mean that's a well-deserved bumper sticker right, in, many respects I mean, in our world but it, it it's difficult and i understand exactly what you're saying there's a lot of people that do a lot of Good work, but that's right. And you know, we all need ones. to be worked with, or yeah. Yeah. Uh, have to come to terms for that's all ourselves. I'm suggesting. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I understand. Militant revolution or anything like that. I just think. no, 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 <laughs> no. And and you know, it's probably better in that type of book than some books. Some books really go really off the tracks and into the weeds or whatever. It's a trend in publishing right now, isn't it? I mean, it really seems to be a real trend. Uh, and it's certainly true with Hollywood. Nobody's making movies like Going My Way anymore with, uh, <laughs> no. with Bing Crosby and uh, that, are, that portrayed uh, religion in a, in a uh, kindly way. Um, Shirley is back, though. She wants to come back and talk to us again. Okay, Go ahead, Shirley. That's, that's good. <laughs> You know, I feel kind of bad now because, um, <laughs> you know, as I said, it's been a few months since I since I read the book, and I guess I shouldn't come on and talk about something that has been a while since I read because oh, Nolan fine. refreshed my memory on a, a couple of things, and I didn't even think about the part, uh, you know, when I was talking, um, you know, about the, the, the orphanage or the home or whatever, um, you know, that uh, the one person was was raised in and all that kind of stuff and you know some of the you know abuse that went on and obviously you know when i say that i enjoyed 
some of the books, um, I thought parts of it were really cute. Obviously, I didn't enjoy that. Um, you know, it, they they were really treated um, very poorly, and um, you know, they were a lot of things were were allowed to happen. Um, you know, because of money that was given, and so on and so forth. And you know, I didn't even think about that part when I talked. And uh, obviously, that part, you know, wasn't wasn't funny at all and right. but but obviously um i guess those things have have occurred in life and i i guess in some um aspects still do you know there are you know even if you look at everything that happens with some of the the you know the priests and some of that kind of stuff Absolutely. that have been in trouble yep. in these years so yep. but um, did, it, did it surprise you, know, you surely did you think that sh that this that Elizabeth thought, did you think that she made good decisions, that she really thought through her decisions? Like, uh, Not a lot of times. I think a lot of times she did something kind of on the, the, the spur of the moment or what, you know, what came to her mind at the time that she thought might work. You know, I just, I'm not sure that she had the best upbringing either. Um, and she, she certainly didn't have any idea you know, like somebody else said, how to go about raising a child. I think that kid made it. I, I know a couple other people I've said this about in, in real life, kind of in spite of, you know, who her uh, mother was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, she was obviously a very smart child, but it was a, a very unconventional uh, upbringing, and she certainly should have been watched more than than what she was luckily you know they brought that other woman in that neighbor of course i think she kind of came in on her own and uh you know offered to to help with the raising of the child and i think that gave her you know gave the kid a little more perspective yes. possibly on you know what life should have been like but anyway um you know as i said i, I mean i really didn't like it at first either and it, it wouldn't be exactly one of my favorite books but there were some things about it you know, like I said, that I felt were pretty cute, and I, I'm I'm sorry. I feel bad that um, Nolan, that you thoroughly didn't enjoy it. But well, um, having said that, there were there were parts that that touched me in a positive way. I thought the love between Elizabeth and Calvin was absolutely a treasure. Right. Um, that made it worth those chapters. I it's it's amazing when you watch people who, frankly, are kind of misfits, and they both kind of were, frankly, um, in some ways. Um, come together like that and and recognize that while the world may see them as outcasts in some res respects, they never saw one another in that light, and they saw one another for the, the goodness and the, the, the almost perfection that existed in the other, and that was a fun section to read. Right. I really enjoyed right. that. So. I sort of hoped Elizabeth and Walter were going to get together. Yes. Yeah, me too. I thought they might at one point, but obviously it didn't happen. The chemistry wasn't there. I think, though, Nolan, that's one of the good things about books is we can all read. We could probably all read one book, everybody on the line, and everybody might have a whole different opinion. That's Absolutely. the beauty about books. Yeah, it is. It is. That's why meetings like this matter so much, because, uh, you know, I've learned from all of you tonight that areas where I needed to learn. And so this was really helpful. Well, I think we Randy, got Randy. Back with us. Yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. Go ahead, Randy. She may be unmuting. 
There you go. I had trouble last week with it. Just, these Zoom updates are getting scary. Well, Zoom hey. has really been strange this <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. I, I well, couldn't. I couldn't I'll make be back. it. I couldn't make it work for two days. Are you back, Randy? She said, "I'll be back." I'll be I, back. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's just roll so, on then. Let's let's look at this on in a. I'll be back. I'm cooking something in the air fryer, and my smoke detector's going off. Oh, well, okay. sounds like well, my yeah, type of important. cooking. Yeah, that's I'll important. be back. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea that friendship and family are interconnected themes in this book. Uh, how uh, let's see, can friendship sometimes provide family better than family does? What are your thoughts on that? Okay, we have Beth Moline. Audio now unmuted. Okay, I believe I'm unmuted. You are. Good. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna let you know when when you mentioned about the orphanages a little while ago. I did find the third Jody Headland book of the um, mm. Orphan Train series. I was just tickled about that because I didn't get to read that one yet, but I did finish the second one, and I certainly wasn't disappointed. Oh my goodness! I can't wait wait to read this third one because it's going to be about these these gals' younger siblings, and it'll be really interesting to find out how how it all comes out. Great. All right. Um, so, what are your thoughts, folks, on this uh, regarding this this particular back to this book? Um, in what way? Uh, well, for example, let me give you an example here. If I can get the braille display to work, Walter isn't Amanda's biological. Um, parent, but he does manage to to love her fully, um, and he's the most present person in her life. Uh, you know, in the book. On the other hand, you have Avery Parker, and she still loves the son she never knew. So, how do you define family, and, and what are your thoughts on the way family is defined in the book? I think that it's the that she was trying to illustrate the bond of love that can form between people who for whatever reason care deeply for somebody whether you're related to them biologically or not and that you can grow to love somebody and want the best for them i agree i think that's it's and it's that was an interesting part of the book the, the idea that that family isn't always dictated by biological things and it can be expanded and, and changed. But it um, brings up the question of, okay, Avery Parker, for example, how, with her money, how could she not, I mean, pay somebody or do something to really figure out that her son was alive? Yeah, it's... I mean, you're you know, right. they say Without money point. can do almost anything you want it to do if you have right. enough. It seems like, you know, she if she suspected, I might have been tempted to say, look, I'll give you more money if you just tell me the truth. Mm -hmm. We watch in the book Elizabeth uh, rise to stardom, certainly a huge TV hit. Um, why do you suppose she's more miserable than ever uh, in spite of the fact that she has the limelight, has the fame, has the um, all the influence. Okay, Randy's back. Randy, do you want to talk to us? Okay, I'm done trying to burn down my house. Nice. Um, <laughs> we're, we're glad you didn't succeed. That's good. Can we have your recipe? <laughs> we just hope you were cooking something good. <laughs> yeah, I was. That good. Yeah, I was making pork chops. Well, the best part um, of that is you were willing to share them with us, and we got the low-calorie <laughs> ones. So that was... uh, uh, yeah. She just likes them well done. That's what it is. 
Anyway, um, I think to your question about why Elizabeth was more miserable than ever, even though she had the limelight, it wasn't the limelight she wanted. Good point. She wanted to be known for her chemistry and not her cooking. And speaking of that, boy, she put too much work into making a cup of coffee. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Boy, no kidding. That is Rube Goldberg style stuff. No question. Yeah. So she, and I, I liked the end. I was, I really didn't think she was going to go back, but the way things came out in the end, it was, I liked how it was all tied up and we found out about Avery Parker. And I guess the reason she couldn't, I guess, hiring investigators and going way back didn't happen so much in the fifties. Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm sure. Unless well, I like how the human Parker. resources lady had to, it changed and got so much nicer and became one of her allies. That was a fascinating trajectory, wasn't it? Yes. That woman was just really hateful initially. I mean, she did everything she could to sabotage her originally. Yes, yes. And uh, once they found out they had that Me Too incident in common, uh, that that changed everything. It was interesting. Um, what do you think about the pencil in the hair? Is that that's a symbol? Is it a, is it a symbol of strength? Is it a weapon? Is it anything at all? What are your thoughts along those lines? I thought it was kind of a a symbol in her mind that 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 things that you don't want to happen can be erased and redone. Good point. Wow. Like you know, she was saying it's we in chemistry. We, in chemistry, we make mistakes, so we always have a pencil instead of a pen, so we can redo it. Wow, that's yeah, that's now we great. have a uh, Connie with her hand up. Whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready. Okay, go ahead, Connie. Go ahead. She's coming. It's that <clears throat> mute thing again. I guess. Go on with the thoughts, and Connie All will right. catch up with us. I guess. Okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. We say that it works every time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Well, I I I thought the the fact that um he was an orphanage was sad and I um but I and I was glad that um things worked out for him in, in the end that you know he was so successful and I was also glad that the lady was there to help raise Elizabeth's child. Because like someone else said, I don't think she made the best decisions. And I just, I I was hoping, too, that she would get together with the TV guy. But unfortunately, she didn't. But I was glad also that she got into, um, went back to that company and the way it ended. Excellent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Did anyone see any of us in Elizabeth Zott? We, frankly, many of us on this call have dealt with societal limitations, um, ridiculous assumptions made about our lives by people who ought to know better and apparently do not. Um, were you able to find any kind of common ground with her along those lines uh, and say, oh, yeah, I, get, I, I understand how that feels. I've kind of been in a similar place. What are your thoughts on that? I suppose there's always some of that. I mean, we're always having to prove our ourselves some way, either on the job or yeah. or prove that you can. Uh, well, some people have had to prove that they could raise their children as blind people and different yeah. things like that. Yep, yep. And even even 
sometimes prove the validity of a marriage. I, when my wife and I were first married, people assumed she went into that arrangement because I had lost my vision in Vietnam or something and that she had, they, we had been together prior to that experience and they could not get their heads around the idea that this person would voluntarily enter into that circumstance um, with someone who couldn't see. They just, they, and they would tell her things like that. It was a mind bending thing to watch. I just, uh, like, my goodness, I, I can't fathom how some people think sometimes. But there are right. also, go ahead. I'm sorry, Noah. No, go there ahead. There are also those who are questioning people as to whether or not they can live on their own. Yeah. As blind people. I'll bet. Yeah, that happens a lot. Absolutely. Um, and we've, we've all been there. Those of us who've raised kids, we've all had circumstances where a clerk or a restaurant person or someone of that Norton nature would address the, one of your children, even though it may be five or six years old or three or four. Um, you know, you'll give someone the, the cash to pay a, a bill and they'll try to hand the, the change to the three-year-old. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting world out there. Either that or they say, well, you, you're you doing a good job taking care of your mom. Yeah. Yeah. They used to say that to Adam all the time, and they used to make me so mad. How many times <laughs> did you hear that over the years? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and did you have that child so that they could take care of you? No. Oh, exactly. Hey, here's one I ran into the other day in Naples. We were, oh, I was going to the, to ship Jenny's Braille printer back. And the lift driver helped me in with the package. And the lady, I heard the lady saying, told that lift driver, well, you're going to heaven, so you was so nice to that blind guy. You've just punched <laughs> your ticket to heaven. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, oh, my. There you go. Wow. <laughs> he was Poor counting on the tip. He didn't care. Right. Yeah. He's just not Have you ever gone someplace with a friend and you hear somebody remark as they as you go by, oh, it's so nice of you to get them out. Like we've been in a <laughs> yes. case. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So what does she want? We we can all relate to Elizabeth in big ways, frankly, in many, many regards here. Uh because the limitations she faced are not unlike some of the ones we've all been through in terms of false assumptions and things of that nature. Uh, anything else about the book? It's been a great discussion. I think you guys are wow. going to have to decide what your next one's going to yeah, be. Yeah, I was just going to say, while everyone is here, please help us pick the next book. And don't everybody speak at once, oh, right? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, do you have any ideas? No, I picked this one. Oh, I know you didn't. No, and it's time so we can all roast you. Um, I know, I know, I know. And I can't, I can't think of anything offhand that that really reaches out to me and and says, "Oh yes, we have to do this one." Um, my problem I'm is I'm reading I, a carpenter's book. What about that? Ooh, that would work. What you got? It, it um, I. Don't recall the name of it because okay. I've been reading this book, but it was on the it was on the last um, on the last email. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll do some um, research. Yeah, we'll do some research and get back to you. Um, what was I going to say? It was important. There's a couple of books about them out there, um, and I'm trying to find the. There it is. Um, Before you get there, Nolan, we have Jerry with his hand raised. Okay, let's uh, let's let's go ahead with that. Okay. 
I want to comment not so much on the, on the book, but, you know, uh, the contrast in orphanages and stuff. A couple of weeks ago, uh, a family from our church came back from Uganda where they were working with uh, <clears throat> unwed mothers and, and you know, uh, preaching the gospel to them and all of that. And um, they showed, they had video, they showed these children that uh, they were that, uh, this orphanage that our church supports, and they were really happy, yeah. and they were treated well, and, and, and it was really wonderful to know that not all churches are the same. And on my case, yeah, I feel a lot closer to some of my to church family than I do uh, to some members of my own family because they've really stepped up stepped up to the plate for me when I was dealing with uh, you know my cancer and the fact that uh, uh, that uh, Judy and I can't be together right now because of problems she has and mm-hmm. you know it, it's just too bad that a character like Elizabeth in the book that didn't see the good. Yes. Well, maybe there wasn't that much good in the book. Like, You're right. Yep. Good point. You know, and uh, I want to talk about something else I've heard. Now, I don't know where I heard this. I heard that NLS is experimenting with possibly us being able to read books on like Lady A's and stuff like that. Actually, I just read a book today using the Amazon smart speaker. I uh, oh, read the yeah. entire book. And it works beautifully. I was able to navigate among the chapters. I was able to stop and restart and speed it up and slow it down. And um, I'm impressed. It's a it's a really impressive. It's a very good program, except my device. I don't know. It's having a little problem. It's a tap. But it may okay. be having its own issues because mm-hmm. some of the books are failing. But it's still a great thing. It's impressive. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I, I'm I was amazed by how once I got used to the command structure, you can't just say anything you want no. to get the job done. <laughs> that took but me a once, day or two. <laughs> once I got used to the command structure, I was am- amazed by how quickly I could find books and start reading them and all of it. Shirley is back, Nolan, when you're ready. Okay, go ahead, please. Yeah, I'll just make a quick comment on what you're talking about. Um, I'm also one of the beta testers for that, and I'm not much of an audio book person at all, but I started reading one yesterday with it, and uh, it's pretty neat. I think yeah. you will enjoy it, Jerry, when it gets you know when it gets out to um, you know for the public or you know for yeah. all blind people to to use it. It's going to be a pretty nice feature. I had a book actually just stop right in the middle last night, and I had oh, to go back into it. So, mm. you know, they've got a little bit of work to do on it, but it's, I, I think you'll really enjoy it, and like I said, for me, who is not an audiobook person, um, you know, I, I feel like it's a pretty positive thing. So, yeah. And it it's will not work on your Google, so don't no, don't count on that. They told me that I was going to be a dual tester, and it will not work. So just understand that. Take it away, Nolan. As to a new book in two weeks, this I, this is not the book that uh, that was suggested about the Carpenters. It's an older one that that I've always wanted to read over the years, and I never have. It's called Little Girl Blue: The Life of Karen Carpenter. Has anyone read that? It's not a new book. It's it's pretty old, but. Um, so I read it. Book. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Connie. I read it, and it it was a good book. I mean, I I wish that that. I mean, he should have done that one first. Yes. The, yeah. I mean, I mean, he should have done the one that he's the other one. The, the other one first. The new because, one. Yeah, yeah. Right, because that would have that would explain why she was the way she was. Right. 
Well, let me look and see if I can very quickly find the number on it. Uh, um, I don't know that it will come up in a hurry. I've seen the annotation just recently, the last, I don't know, six weeks or so. I don't have it on this computer, but I had... Ah, here we go. I, I think this in... is it. Carpenter's The Musical Legacy? Yes, that's All it. Right. It's the DB110717. <laughs> and the author is, is listed as Mike Sedoni Lennox. I guess I don't know. I don't know how this. Uh, and then there's a uh, Chris May who apparently did some work on it, narrated by Mark Ashby. If you're an NLS uh, listener, it's listed here as the definitive biography of one of the most enduring and uh, endeared recording artists in history. The Carpenters is told is yeah is told for the first time from the perspective of Richard Carpenter through more than 100 hours of exclusive individual or of exclusive interviews and some 200 photographs well that'll help us a lot from Richard from his uh, collection his personal archive many never published well who cares after becoming multi-millionaire multi-million selling Grammy winning uh, uh, superstars with their 1970 breakthrough hit they want to be close to you uh, Richard and Karen would win over would win over millions of fans worldwide with a record-breaking string of hits including we're we've only just begun top of the world and yesterday once more and uh, it goes on um, from there I'm fine to do that as the next the next read if everybody's okay with it what is that number again one one zero hang on bear with me just a second Carpenter's The Musical Legacy, DB110717. 110717. Yeah. Actually, the the guy that reads it is nice enough to describe the picture, so that's kind of cool. (laughs) It is cool, yeah. Nolan, it, did you say it's called Carpenter's The Musical Legacy? Because I just that's correct. I'm sure I want to make sure it's the right that's one. That's exactly correct. Like Carpenter, Chris May yep. and Mike Lennox? That's exactly yes. correct. That's the one. Thank you. You Thank scored you. big at the lottery on that one. Good job. Yeah, yep, she that's hit it. it. <laughs> Thanks. Yep. So that I'm fine with that being the next uh, two weeks from today, if uh, everybody's okay with it. I better get cranking. Uh, yeah, it's, it's how long is this thing? Uh, um... Uh, I don't see 14 hours and 49 minutes. Yeah, this is not going to be a small book. So it'll be one you'll want to start working on fairly early, uh, if you intend to finish it at least. So we have eight minutes. Do we uh, Do we want to do it? Can we at least get one review from you? That's what we're Scott. known for. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Jenny, you want to go first? Do you have a, a recommendation for the week? I've talked a lot, so seems like. Well, let's see. Um, one one that I thought um, that I might talk about is it's called the chain, and it's by by Adrian McKenzie, and this is definitely a psychological thriller. I don't read a lot of things where things happen to children usually, but this book. Imagine yourself as a parent and you get a phone call about your child and they say, we have your child and you have to take 
someone else's child in order to save your child's life. And you must not break the chain. Could you do it? What would you do? And how would you break the chain? And that's what this book is all about. This woman, she receives a call and they have her child. And she has to, in order to save her child, she has to take someone else's child. And she won't get hers back until that parent has taken another child. That's how she works to break the chain. That sounds amazing. Wow. It was chilling. It was chilling. Oh it was chilling. I mean, it, it takes chain mail to a whole new level. Yeah. And we have a Joni with her hand up. Okay, go ahead. Sorry about that. Um, I read The Chain. This guy is amazing. Adrian McKinty. He is just this book. This is what we should be reading for two weeks from now because you won't be able to put it down. You cannot stop reading it. And I, I just, uh, this author is absolutely amazing. Okay. Uh, who wrote this? Adrian, Adrian McKinty. McKinty. I think it's M-C, capital K-I-N-T-Y. I'm not sure. K-I-N-T-Y. Yeah. I'm fine with that being the book read for four weeks from now. That's not a problem. <laughs> Uh, All right, why don't we? Yeah, just because you don't read it in two weeks doesn't mean you can't read I mean, it in you four. Can't read four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we're planning on being around for a few weeks. Let's do hope so. <laughs> yeah. How about a quick one for me to finish tonight? This is a Great. complete left turn here or some kind of turn. Um, it's a piece of historical fiction called The Children's Blizzard. The author is Melanie Benjamin, and uh, that's B E N J A M I N. And uh, she, the, the order number, should you be willing to borrow it from the National Library, is DB101802, DB101802. This is the story of the, so, the famous children's blizzard that actually occurred in uh, parts of the Dakotas in Minnesota and Nebraska on a January day in 1888. And uh, most of the stories are are untold or unremembered because these were the kids of immigrants first generation immigrants and so in the eyes of history they didn't count for much and benjamin tries to fix that here it was a sunny day no one thought anything was going to happen and literally within minutes this horrific superstorm had blown in and teachers all over the frontier which in those days of of the, the badlands or the plains whatever you want to call in the upper plains uh, we're trying to make decisions about whether to send kids home or keep them in the schoolhouse. If you keep them in the schoolhouse, they're going to freeze to death and die. If you send them home, they should make it, or so they think. This is the story of two sisters, both teachers. One is a 16-year-old teacher in Nebraska. The other is two years older and teaches in the Dakotas and uh, in Yankton, I think it is. And um, it looks at the two decisions they each made. Um, the teachers would let them these kids play outside without coats because it was that warm and they were just celebrating the beautiful day. And when this blew up, they decided to send them home. One of them did. The young 16-year-old girl had a bit of a crush on the father of the house wherein she was staying for the winter. And he was obviously a married man and his kids lived in the house and it was not a healthy relationship. But she thought that it would... Uh, It'd be interesting to, to go home early for that purpose. The other older daughter, uh, teacher's sister, also had a, a boyfriend whom she wanted to spend time with. However, the 16-year-old did the right thing and kept the kids, 
close to the school and tied them together with apron strings when it was time to leave the building when the windows blew in <laughs> and got them home pretty much almost all safely without uh, too much trouble. One, there was there were some death, but not not much. The other teacher, a little more selfish, just sent her kids out into the blizzard. Make make it home, guys. Good luck. This is the story of those two sisters and the reaction that came from the communities when the storm cleared. Um, it's a really well-written novel. Uh, again, it's called The Children's Blizzard by Melanie Benjamin. Uh, worth your time. I'm, I'm, I really enjoyed it. That sounds like a good book, too. Yeah, it really was. And we're down to a minute to six, so I guess uh, that's it for me for the week. <laughs> I think that should be our next book read in six weeks. <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's There's a lot of <laughs> A lot of really good reasons to to do that. We'll, we'll we can talk that over and decide. Nolan, Jenny, Pam, Perry, the producers, everyone, thank you so very much. Come back again next week at five p.m. Eastern, and thank you so much. See you. Thank then. you, everyone, for the very good discussion. We couldn't do it without you. I hope Randy has some good pork chops.